Action. We are back. It's the Detroiter. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. We're covering sports in the Motor City in the Mitten State today. We're presented to you by our friends at Detroit Sports Nation. Check them out on Facebook, on Instagram. Check out the website. You like articles? We've got them. You like podcasts? We've got them. Detroit Sports Nation. Check them out. We are also brought to you by The Second String and thesecondstring.com. Tigers opening day was this past weekend, and I, I don't want to oversell things. Right. Like when I when I come on and I talk about the shirts and I tell you it is the nicest shirt you've ever seen. When I tell you you haven't seen a design like this in your lifetime, I don't want to oversell. Right. Like I don't want to do that. It's the greatest. It's the best. It's always this. But I'm telling you this time around, it is the nicest Detroit Tigers design I've seen. And I guarantee you've seen in your entire life. It is beautiful. It's got everything to it. Looks like it was made in the year 1996. It's vintage as it gets. It says Detroit in nice big lettering. Got a beautiful font, the colors, the navy, the orange, the white. Got a cartoon tiger on there. It really is perfect. Printed on a champion t-shirt. It's the official uniform of Detroit Tigers fans for the 2022 season. If you believe in this baseball team, if you believe in the revitalization of Tigers baseball and the fact that, hey, 22, 2022 is going to be the year we finally break free of the rebuild. If that's what you believe, you owe it to yourself to go to the website and pick up one of these shirts. I'm telling you right now, it's the nicest Detroit Tigers shirt you will find. It, It's a compliment grabber. It's a compliment magnet. You wear it out the house. You wear this thing to Comerica Park. If at least three people... Don't come up to you and say, whoa, whoa, that's a nice shirt. Whoa, that's sick. Hey, where'd you get that? If you don't get at least three of those in your first wear to Comerica Park, you can get your money back guaranteed. Now, that's not actually true, but I do promise you if you wear this thing out, and it may not even need to be Comerica, you could just wear this thing pretty much anywhere to the farmer's market, go get your car washed in it. I don't know, take it to the gym, whatever you want to do with it. I don't care. It's your shirt. But I promise you this, you will receive compliments. People will be asking, whoa, where did you get that? Hey, that's a nice shirt. I promise you it's true for everything in the store. And this Tiger shirt might be the finest example of that yet. So check that out, thesecondstring.com. It is going to be the rallying cry. It will be the wave, the flag of the 2022 Detroit Tigers, of the Detroit Tigers returning to the postseason. So don't miss out. I don't want anybody to miss out. I don't want anyone to show up to Comerica in a four-year-old T-shirt looking like an absolute schlub getting made fun of in those by his girlfriend in a group chat with her friends. I don't want that for you. Right. I don't want pictures of you to circulate your high school because like, oh, look at how old and crusty this kid's tiger shirt is. I want you to be looking flyer than a mother. You know what I'm saying? I want you to be looking like Mother Lover Jones in this piece. The second Big episode today. Good episode. Exciting episode. Like I'm pretty juiced up to be here, to be honest with you. There is some good stuff. The Pistons season came to an end Sunday night, I believe, Saturday night, maybe. I can't even remember. One of the nights, very recently, this weekend, it came to an end. The Red Wings were slowly getting there by the end of April. They'll be all done. Um, Obviously, Lions were working towards the draft now at the end of the month, and the Detroit Tigers just started their 2022 campaign with a come-from-behind miraculous win. Thanks to Javi Baez, thanks to the crowd in Detroit for sticking with them, and thanks to Eric Haas just with a ding, 
ding, just drop the barrel of the head on it, buddy. It's fun watching baseball. It's fun watching baseball. Say what you will. Say what you will about the games dying. The games are too long. They need to do this, that, or the other thing to get the younger generations interested. Whatever, dude. Say whatever you want. It is fun to watch winning baseball. It is fun to go out and watch your team have good players. It's fun to play a team like the Chicago White Sox, which granted, they did take two or three from us in the series, but it is fun to go play the Chicago White Sox and feel like you have a chance to win those games. That's a great feeling. I enjoy turning on the Detroit Tigers Sunday. I'm on Pacific time Sunday at 10 a.m. Tariq Skubal's on the mound. It didn't go well at all, but I like that feeling when first pitch rolls around. I look our lineup up and down. I'm like, these guys could put a couple things together. Tarek Skubal, I know the White Sox bang. This dude could do a little bit of work. I love the feeling of watching Tigers baseball with the thought like, yeah, why wouldn't we beat these guys? They beat Boston tonight. Another beautiful come from, well, wasn't come from behind, but last second, bottom of the eighth, Javi Baez with an absolute rocket to left field. Um, he just keeps making big moments in Detroit, right? He keeps delivering. He keeps living up to the nickname El Mago. I love winning baseball. And it's only four games, right? Like we've got a long ass way to go. A long way to go. But I will say this, through four games, I think we can say one thing about this Tigers team. There will be ups and downs. They'll They'll go on, you know, they'll go on losing streaks. They'll play a bad month of baseball. They'll go on winning streaks. They'll play a great month of baseball. Guys will struggle. Guys will, you know, succeed heavily. That's the way baseball works. But I do know one thing. I don't know what's going to happen to everyone. I don't know who's going to play well, who won't. I do know this. This baseball team is going to be fun to watch. This baseball team is going to scratch and claw their way into every single game that they can. This team will never say die. This team will never count them out. When you've got Miguel Cabrera, you got Spencer Torkelson, you got Javier Baez. When you have some of these guys, Austin Meadows, that can fucking play ball. They can rake Eric Haas, Jonathan Scope. They can put bat on ball. You are never going to be out of this a game. And then you mix in the fact that A.J. Hinch doesn't give a fuck who you are. He knows that they're always in the game. You mix those two ingredients together, you are going to have a nice baseball team. You're going to have a competitive baseball team, an interesting, exciting baseball team, a team worth watching 162 times this season. Sure, they've already gotten a stinker out of the way. They lost 10-1 to to Chicago on Sunday. That was fucking pathetic. No doubt about it. That was embarrassing. That was a terrible game to watch. Um, Scooble was bad. The rest of the team was worse. And they have struggled to hit the ball, right? Like they didn't really come alive in that first game against Chicago until the very end, thanks to Eric Koss. Saturday, they struggled to score. Sunday, they struggled to score. And even tonight, Monday, they struggled to score against Boston. They only had one run until the eighth where Javi Homer to left. That's not the best sign in the world, right? Like you'd like to come out the gates just pumping whoever you're seeing on the mound. Giolito, Dylan Cease, they saw some studs for Chicago. Got back to the fourth pitcher here, Michael Waka for Boston tonight. He still pitched pretty well, though. I think he only gave up one earned. Um, pretty good performance. And, yeah, don't get me wrong, three runs. That's not, you know, he didn't shell anybody if you scored three runs. You scored enough to win because Matt Manning was absolutely electric. So the bats, let's get those warmed up a little bit, but this team will be fun. 
the defense right away. The defense is so much better than anything we've seen since the Tigers last were competing for postseason appearances. Um, Javi Baez already, forget the bat, forget the walk-off in the first game, forget the home run tonight against Boston. Javi Baez in the field has already shown you exactly why it was imperative that the Detroit Tigers go out and get somebody like him. I, right off the top of my head, routine plays aside, I can already think of two for sure, three like star web jam, wow type plays. Not every shortstop in the league is making that play, saving you an out type plays, El Mago type plays, the reason you go get Javi Baez type plays. They've played four games. He's done something like that already two or three times. And then you throw in the fact that he walks you off against Chicago in the first game. And then you throw in the fact he's delivering the two run missile to go ahead of Boston tonight. Javi Baez, how could you complain? How could you be anything less than satisfied with what this young man has done in the old English D? I know there were people and there still are that doubted him, you know, the naysayers and in anything in life, dude. Javi Baez could be hitting 450 with 500 home runs. There would be there would be people, "Oh, I don't like the flash. I don't like the bat flips." There'll always be haters about anything in the world. You could cook the world's greatest fucking chocolate cake. Someone will come back to you and tell you it's not sweet enough, and the next person will tell you that it's too sweet. Just the way the world works. And I'm aware Javi's got his detractors, but as of right now, again, only 4 games in, you can't tell me this isn't exactly what the Detroit Tigers envisioned when they went out and got him. He's making plays in the field that not only, you know, are recording outs, energize the crowd. I'd imagine they kind of gas up the team when Javi Baez ranges to his left, dives and throws one over to his from his knees. I'd imagine the guys in the field are like, let's fucking go, Javi. Like they, you know, there's a little pep in the step after a play like that. Not to mention, this guy's hit it to the warning track like three times already one off the wall against Chicago to win the game for Detroit. And then a couple of nights later is deep in the seats and left to win in Boston or to win against Boston. This is exactly why you went and got Javi Baez. If you went, had gone and gotten Carlos Correa, you'd be hoping he's doing the same exact shit Javi's doing. You would hope Carlos Correa would deliver to the level Javi has so far. That'd be an ideal scenario. Yeah. He strikes out a lot. Oh, he, he takes bad swings sometimes. Okay, guess what? It's baseball. Everyone's going to strike out. Miguel Cabrera in his prime, eh, sometimes struck out. Everyone is going to strike out. Everyone is going to have bad days. Everyone's going to have bad stretches. It's fucking baseball. Javi Baez is going to put his heart and his ass on the line for the Tigers every single night he takes the field. He's going to be solid defensively. He's going to take some hacks that look like he's trying to put the ball inside a Ford field. And guess what? Some of the time he's going to look terrible doing it. And other times he's going to connect and that ball's going to go into orbit and Comerica Park's going to erupt. And everybody on Tigers Twitter and in the fan base and in the stadium that day is going to look around and go, wow, I'm so happy we have this guy. That's part of the deal. I said last week's episode, ideally the Tigers compete for a playoff spot, right? They make the playoffs and then we'll see what happens then. Ideally, they finish above 500 and they're winning games and keeping it interesting and in a race until the 162nd is played. But all I truly want, all I really, really am looking forward to with the Tigers this year, all I really hope for out of the Tigers this year 
is a team that fires me up when I watch them, a team that keeps me wanting more after tonight, after the performance Matt Manning put out, after the performance Javi Baez just delivered. I want to watch the Tigers again tomorrow. I'm fucking excited for the Tigers to play against Boston one more time tomorrow. I'm excited for them to win their first series of the year. Keep me wanting more. Give me a reason to tune in each night. Make me believe you can win every night. That's all I want. Maybe you're not going to win every night, obviously. You're, you may not even win enough to make the playoffs. It is what it is. Keep me intrigued until the end. Play hard. Be competitive. Keep the energy up, right? You have guys now. You have Javi Baez. You have Austin Meadows. You have Tucker Barnhart. And then you throw in Torkelson, and once he figures out to all the other guys that they have from last year, you have some pieces that are capable of winning you some games. Go out and do it. Go out and execute. I have to believe guys like Miguel Cabrera, Jonathan Scope, Jamer are sick and tired of losing. They got to be sick and tired of opposing teams strolling into Comerica going, oh, we're going to beat the hell out of the Tigers two out of three and be on our merry way. They have to be sick and tired. And most of those guys outside of Miguel Cabrera don't really have any idea what it's like to play baseball for the Detroit Tigers when that team is successful. They don't really even have an idea of what it's like to be on a Detroit Tigers baseball team that's just okay. All they know is playing baseball for the Detroit Tigers when the sole objective for each season is pretty much just to start and finish it, get a number one pick, and move on to the next season. They now have the reinforcements. They now have the beef to do some things, to win some games. I'm not saying they have the beef to beat the Chicago White Sox in the Central because guess what? It's one of the best teams in baseball. They are like a World Series contender. They shouldn't. They probably don't have the beef to beat out the Chicago White Sox, but you do have the beef to mess around and hang out in a wild card spot. If it's Boston Red Sox, if it's Toronto, if it's New York, probably the AL East will be your main competition. You've got the meat to hang out with whichever two fall out of the first place spot. You've got the meat to hang out and be better than the Minnesota Twins. The Detroit Tigers, for the first time in a long time, have guys – have potential, have a little bit of an opening, have a feeling and a buzz around them. You could feel it. Sadly, was not in Detroit for opening day. I fucking wish I was. But you can feel it. Tigers Twitter, the Tigers fan base, you can feel that people know we got a little bit of something with this team. I don't think it's you know the same pressure as those 2012, 2013, 2014 teams. But you can tell the fans know there's something new here. There's something a little bit special here. We got A.J. Hinch. We've got these new guys. We've got the young guys coming back from last year, right? The rotation hopefully is all going to take a step forward. It feels like the Tigers can and will win some games, and that feeling is palpable amongst the fans. That feeling, I'd imagine, is palpable amongst the players and the team. I just want to go out and see them execute that execute that. Don't try to, you don't need to be anything that you're not. You don't need to be world beaters. You don't need to beat Chicago. You don't need to be, you know, in the ALCS this year. That'd be great. You just need to be competitive. You need to play hard. You need to give fans a reason to watch every night. And that's what they've done. Sunday was brutal. Outside of Sunday, it's been awesome. I, I can't get over Javi. I really can't get over him. I mean, you know, 
like when we got him, you know, this guy's deal. He's electric in the field. He's electric at the plate. Yeah. He has some things that people don't like. He strikes out a lot. He takes these absurd cuts. And when it's an off speed pitch, he screws himself into the ground, but then he does things like he did tonight. He wins you a game. He does things like he did on opening day, Friday. He wins you a game. And like I said, there's already been a, like one or two others where he's smacked the baseball to the warning track. Unfortunately for him, it's 40 degrees in Detroit, and that ball is not traveling as far as it should be. But he's already you know, induced a few jolts into that Comerica Park crowd, which if nothing else, that's why you bring a guy like Javi to your baseball team, to, to make it live, to make it electric, to give fans something to cheer about. And even if there are those games, like they played against Chicago where you're going to lose 10-1 or you're going to lose 7-2 or whatever, where it's not that close. You never really mount that comeback at the plate. You never quite get it done. Javi will still provide moments in games like that and many more that get you out of your seat, that make you say, you know what, the game sucked. We lost by a lot, but hey, Javi made me glad to tune in. And I love it. And I love it. I'm sure. I'm sure my tone may change, you know. Once he struck out 12 times in a week, I'm sure I'll be on here like, all right, you know, the the home runs at the beginning, the walk-offs were great, but like 12 times in a week's an insane amount of times to strike out for a shortstop. I'm sure that day will come. But for right now, this guy has been everything as advertised and more. He's been a fan's purest joy. Guys like him are why you love watching sports, especially a game like baseball. He's got the swagger. He's diving. He's making plays from his knees. He's wearing the eye paint, even though the sun hasn't been out in Detroit for the last four and a half months. He's hitting ding-dongs. He's taking cuts. He's pimping home runs. He's everything you want as a fan and more. He is why sports are great. He does shit, and he makes it cool, and it's fun to watch. That's it. That's really the culmination of why sports are fun. Yeah, winning's great, and they've won two out of the four, and hopefully they continue to win some more. But outside of winning, which isn't just one man's control, outside of winning, which isn't really the end-all, be-all for this team this year, he is everything you could want as a baseball fan, and it's been incredible. Austin Meadows, another big game today for him, um, setting the table for Javi there in the eighth. Another huge acquisition for the Tigers panning out. I'm excited to see Eduardo Rodriguez make another start. Um, he kind of was shaky on opening day, but I think he will do really good things for the Tigs. I think it's going to be nice. Obviously, Mize, Manning, right-handed guys. It's going to be nice to have another uh, another lefty in the rotation. It's going to be nice to have a guy who's experienced, who isn't just like a young dude trying to find his footing. Because you look at the rest of the rotation – and it's all guys who are, you know, Casey Mize games-wise, because remember, his rookie year was the 60-game season. Casey Mize games-wise is still in year two. Tariq Skubal games-wise, year two. Matt Manning might even be well, year two games-wise. Like all these dudes pitching for the Detroit Tigers, all the big names, these guys that hopefully fill out the top of the rotation, they're all still like pretty fucking new. They're all still just kind of figuring out like what it takes to pitch against a big league lineup, especially a lineup like the Chicago White Sox, which they're going to see 25 more times or whatever it is. It's nice to have a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez who's been around the block, who is a proven 
solid, solid player. Another lefty, another guy who's played in, in great baseball cities like Boston. You would think understands the culture of not only winning, but just good baseball city culture, good baseball franchise culture. Cause that's one of the things that I think it's been crucial. AJ Hinch bringing back is just the culture of Detroit tiger baseball kind of got lost there for a few years, 2015 to 2020, like playing for the Detroit tigers, playing at Comerica didn't mean a whole lot. And that should never be the case. That should never be the case. Detroit is a unbelievable baseball city. The tigers are a historic, historic franchise, right? A franchise that maybe they're not the Yankees or the Dodgers or even the Red Sox or the Cubs. The Detroit Tigers are a franchise that should compete every single year. They should have one of the higher payrolls in baseball every single year. They should have once the, you know, once the temperature gets above like 40, they should have a pretty filled park every night of the week. Detroit is a wonderful place to play baseball. And I'm glad another guy like Eduardo Rodriguez can kind of come help those young dudes along and obviously do his part to help the Tigers win games right now. Um, we talked a little Javi, talked a little Meadows, talked a little Eduardo. The my start was, I don't know, dude. I mean, the Scooble start too. They were both bad. I, I guess the my start wasn't terrible. What do you give up? Two or three runs in five or six? It's not terrible, but like, Casey Mize, 1-1 one, one pick. I'm expecting a lights out, suck on this. You're not touching that ball with your bat all freaking day. That's kind of what I want to see from Casey Mize. I want to see that wipeout splitter that has guys seeing double. I want Tarek Skubal to blow guys away with that 97 from the left side. I want that hammer slider on the corner from Skubal. Like Both of these guys, you see them when they're on. And when they're pitching well and when they're locating and Mize when that splitter's working, Scooble when he's pinpointing the fastball, you see what these dudes can do. And it's like, wait, they're both going to be elite when they're playing well. They're, it's, you're sitting there like, these guys are nasty. They're going to be the top of the rotation for us for the next 10? They're going to be nasty. And then they turn in performances like this weekend. Scooble gets hit around for five. Mize gets hit around for three. Just kind of sloppy, missing spots, getting behind in counts. And it's like, ah, 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 that's what, ah, but not in a good way. That's what it's like. I don't understand it. I really don't. Like you, the potential is so there with both of them. And we've seen them at times crack the case and they've struggled here and there as well. But like, Dude, at some point, and I know, like I just said, they're still young. They're still in year two of games played, their third year on the team. But as far as games go, year two. But I don't know. Maybe it's just me being impatient. Maybe I'm expecting too much. Maybe I'm overstimulating, you know, the development process of starting pitchers in Major League Baseball. But, like, it feels like pretty soon here. Mize and Scooble should turn into guys where every time they pitch, they're going to turn in a good outing. Like that doesn't feel like it should be so far off in the distance and then starts like this weekend happen. And it's like, I don't know. I guess we're still just figuring it out. I guess it's still like a flip of the coin. Maybe they'll be electric and unhittable. Maybe they'll give up four runs in five innings. Maybe. I don't know. Like it's so back and forth with these guys and the potential like Tarek Skubal could be so unhittable. He could be so filthy 
But then he just goes out, and the White Sox are sick. And he goes out, and he misses spots, and he leaves pitches in the zone, the off-speed pitches specifically, gets banged around, and it's like, dude, what? I, uh, uh, this isn't your rookie year anymore. Like, we're, you've been here a little bit. You know how this works. You can't leave pitches up in the zone to Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu. Like, uh, come on. And it just keeps happening. I'm waiting for the day we turn that corner with those two guys where it's like, okay, Casey Mize starting, Tarek Skubal starting, you're going to get six good innings. Might give up a run, two runs. You will get, at the very worst, you will get six good innings and you will have a chance to win the game. And when they're on, you'll get seven great innings and they may have a run. Maybe. That's what I'm waiting for. That's what the Detroit Tigers expected for sure when they took Mize and have come to expect from Skubal with his development and the potential that he's shown. And I'm just ready for it to happen because I love Mize. I love Skubal. You see them. You see the stuff that they have, like the the splitter Mize throws. I honest to God don't understand how anybody's ever hit it, to be totally frank. Skubal is so live with the fastball from the left side. The slider when he gets it going, like, the pieces are there and they could become that. And the Tigers need them to become that sooner rather than later, right? Like they want to make the playoffs this year. They want to make a run, win a playoff series this year. You want to win one of those wild card spots? Casey Mize and Terry Scuba, you're going to have to lean on them every time. You're going to have to be able to lean on those guys every time they pitch. Just we should win tonight. When Mize pitches, when Scuba pitches, they should give us a very good chance to win. They should leave the game with two, three runs or fewer every single time they pitch. They should make it to the fifth, sixth inning every single time they pitch. Like that's what I'm coming to expect of them. And I just need to see it because I know they're capable. And it's so much more frustrating watching someone that you know can be good and just hasn't found it yet versus someone you just know is bad. Like Jordan Zimmerman, when he was getting tanked, it's like, yeah, dude, no shit. This guy's the worst. He hasn't been a good pitcher for seven years. Casey Mize watching him getting bat around and Scooble, it's like you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. You you could suck, you could stop this. And they just haven't figured it out. But that said, I'm juiced up. Baseball's back. It's fun watching the Tigers. It's fun watching the Tigers with a sense of excitement and a sense of like, let's actually win games this time. <laughs> like we have good players now. It's very fun to watch. I've kind of forgotten. Like 2014, eight years ago is a long ass time. I've almost forgotten what it's like to watch Detroit play baseball and be like, wait, we have good players now. Like when most of our lineup, I'm kind of like these, yeah, this guy's good. This guy's good. This guy, wait, our six hitter is good. Our seven hitter is a, like, I have faith in our seven hitter. It's kind of, it's wild. I'm like rewiring my brain and learning again, what it means to have competitive baseball in Detroit. So I'm glad it's back. I'm excited to watch Torque, even though he struggled a little bit, he'll figure it out. Just get the first one out of the way and I'll figure it out. Listen, when that guy was taken, there were baseball analysts saying he could hit cleanup for the Tigers that day. This dude is going to be a stud. He's going to hit 300. He's going to hit 30 home runs. Maybe not this year, but he will reach that level. He will be an all-star. He's going to be a stud in the old English D. It's been three games. I had people, I went on live today on TikTok, people going, what's wrong with Torque? Are we worried about Torque? I'm sitting there, guys. This dude's played three games. He drew a couple walks. He struck out, and in that bat, he didn't swing, in which one out of the five pitches he saw was a strike. Uh, what? He's going to be a stud. He's going to be a stud. 
Like, fucking relax. It's been three out of 162. He's 20 years old, 21 years old. He's going to be a stud. I'm excited to see him progress. I can't wait for Riley Green to come back. I'm excited for Badu to get going. He hasn't quite caught it just yet. But these guys will. And you've seen, you know, the Tigers have struggled to score in these first four. It's kind of a miracle that they're two and two because of the fact that nobody's really hit the ball well. Badu's going to find it. Torkelson's going to find it. Javi is going to keep this going. Jonathan Scope's going to find it. Like these dudes that can hit the baseball will start to hit the baseball. And that, you pair that with Casey Mize and Scooble and Matt Manning, who is awesome tonight, and Eduardo Rodriguez, all of a sudden, you are at least, at the very least, you are in a lot of all games with a chance to win them. All right, quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Pistons season wrapping up. Um, and then maybe touch a little bit on the draft prospects. Obviously, NBA draft is until the summertime, but I don't know. Jabari, Chet, Paolo, Ivy, eh, I don't know. We'll talk a little bit about it. Quick break. Piston season came to a screeching halt last night. They lose to the Sixers in beautiful fashion in perfect fashion, in tanking fashion, um, to secure or tie odds for the highest chance at the number one pick in this year's draft. I kind of have mixed feelings about this, to be honest. I do think it's good. I think the NBA, more than any other league, like there is no worse place to be than an NBA team that's between like the eighth seed and the 12th seed. Either be the worst or be kind of good. That's it. And you could say I, to a point like, oh, then what's the point of being the six seed or even the five seed or even the four, right? Like you could make that argument, but those teams are different. If you're a six seed, if you're a five seed, you're a four seed, A, you probably have some guys, like you probably have two at least very, very good basketball players. Not only that, you probably have a chance to win a playoff series. You probably have some faith in your team. You'll probably win at least a game or two in a series, even if you lose. When you're on the fringe, which the Pistons have been for the last 12 years, before Cade, we were the fucking invented just sneaking into the playoffs for no reason. We invented being the 10 seed for literally no reason. We invented shit like trading for Blake Griffin for no reason other than, oh, Tom Gores wants to sell tickets and sell beer. So let's, you know, the next five years of basketball are going to be useless. But great. He sold 400 more jerseys tonight. Sweet. Still infuriates me to think about just the entire decade. Think about that. The entire decade of the 2010s was just waste for the Detroit. Waste. No actual effort to make your team a championship contender. The only effort there was to improve the team was only a byproduct of improving jersey sales, improving ticket sales. Think about that. That's pathetic. A decade. that The only moves that were ever made were, all right, well, People would probably buy a Blake Griffin jersey, right? People might buy a Brandon Jennings jersey, right? That's it. The, 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 every move revolved around, you think we'd sell more tickets? Makes me sick to my stomach. For the first time, the Pistons are building something the right way. They're building something that, knock on wood, seems, seems knock on wood, seems like it'll be legit. Seems like it could possibly be the foundation of a future that has some sort of success. What that success is, what level that is, who knows. But it feels like they have the foundation of a team that could find themselves in the playoffs every year for the next eight, ten, however many. 
it feels like it. It feels like Cade is a guy like that, that you can build a team around. He feels like a guy that is good enough and, and his style of play and his leadership and his character will draw other big time free agents to want to come play in Detroit with Cade Cunningham. Like it feels like for the first time in honestly, honestly, since 2008, the Pistons have something. I was just talking about how weird it is that the Tigers are going to be competitive this year for the first time in eight years. The Pistons next year, moving forward, are going to be competitive for the first time in 14, 13 years. The Detroit Pistons, bro, you, you're the Detroit Pistons. Do you know how pathetic it is to go 13 years without having like a real team? Oh, they made the playoffs and got smoked by LeBron. Oh, they made the playoffs and got smoked by Giannis. Do you know how pathetic it is? 13 years, you're the Detroit Pistons. This isn't the Charlotte Bobcats, dude. You're one of the same deal as the Tigers. You should be one of the more illustrious franchises in this league. There's the Bulls, the Celtics, the Lakers. Who am I forgetting? The Spurs, the Heat. Pistons not too far off. Pistons not too far off. You should be one of those top six, seven franchises. 13 years without an actual like playoff contending team. That's embarrassing. But let's focus on the positives. For the first time, it feels like Cade and Sadiq Bey and Killian and Stu and some of these guys, obviously the pick this year, whoever it may be, they have something to build around. It feels like they have something that will be better next year. Hopefully, you know, draws a free agent or two and will be better the year after that. And hopefully by the year, like, I don't know, 2024, 2025, they have a team and a core that will be working towards multiple playoff appearances and winning playoff series. That's the hope. I don't think that's too crazy to say 2024, 2025, this team can win a playoff series. I feel like that's not nuts, or at least that should be the goal. I don't think that's too crazy. So that's awesome. That is a breath of fresh air. And beyond all that, just to have a guy like Kate, who nationally people talk about and people pay attention to, and people are raving about how good he is. A kid who, like, he's going to be a star if he's not already. He in the month of March, he averaged like 21, six and five, like just ridiculous numbers, insane numbers that haven't been put up since Michael Jordan was a rookie, like stupid, stupid numbers. He's doing things that just indicate not only will this guy be a borderline superstar, he did things this year that were like, wait, this guy's actually just very good already. Like today, this year, this 19 year old, 20 year old. He's already really good. Forget, oh, he's going to be a superstar. Forget, oh, he might make some all. Like, this guy just is good already in his first season playing with dog shit teammates. No disrespect, but, like, outside of Sadiq Bay, Stu, Killian, and Jeremy Grant, fucking who? Who? Rodney Magruder? Corey Joseph? Braxton Key? Like, Saban Lee? Who? Who? Those guys are NBA players? Couldn't tell you. And he's already proved like good player and that's great. And I'm happy. And it's the best, like I just said, it's the best spot the Pistons have been in a long ass time. But at the flip side, the Pistons secured the number one pick once again, or highest odds once again. And I can't help but feel a little like disappointed about the fact that we had the number one pick last year. We got a guy. And Cade Cunningham, a franchise changer, right? 
a superstar, a guy who who will totally transform the Detroit Pistons and how we've seen them for the last 10, 15 years. And yet we're right back as being the worst team in the NBA. That's not great. That's not great. You're the worst team in the NBA. You get the number one pick. You get your franchise player. You're still the worst team in the NBA. Sadiq has another year to get better. Killian has another year. Stu has another year. Jeremy Grant, not that you know he's necessarily a young player that would still be progressing that much. And I know Grant missed a lot of the year. I know Cade missed the beginning of the year. I understand it. I know Sadiq took a little while to get going. I get it. But still, like that doesn't, that's not a little bit kind of disappointing to people. And I agree. I agree. I'm sure there's people yelling at the TV right now. Oh, we need it's good. This tank was good. We need another superstar. We need another top five pick to go alongside Cade. I understand. I agree. It's great that the Pistons may get another number one pick. Well, they won't get the number one pick. It's great that the Pistons hopefully will get a top three, top four pick. That's awesome. I think they're guaranteed a top six or seven pick. That's great. That's great. Hopefully they can get another very talented player, someone that can play with Cade Cunningham, hopefully someone whose play style complements Cade Cunningham, hopefully someone whose character and attitude will fit this culture of restoring Detroit basketball, right? When I think of the culture of the Pistons and this team, I think of people that are hardworking, um, unselfish guys like Cade, B. Stu, Killian. I don't think of those guys as like, oh, it's my turn. Oh, I want to shoot. I need the ball more. I don't think of any of that shit. I think of guys who don't care about who scores, don't care about what happens. They just want to win. And it's beautiful. I think about guys who want to work their asses off on defense, want to work their asses off on offense, want to share the ball, want to make the extra pass, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They seem like they have a great playing culture. And then off the court, Cade seems like the fucking man. I don't really know anything about the other guys. I hope they can find someone else, another top four pick to fit right into that, who also embodies that. That is great. And that is what the Pistons need. Ultimately, that is the ideal situation for the Pistons. I mean, look at Philly. Didn't pan out, but give me three first overall picks in a row. Give me three top five picks in a row. Give me Cade. Give me another top five pick this year, and then give me another top five pick that year, the year after, and let's let's ride. Now we got three guys that are all, you know, hopefully have superstar potential. Let's ride. That is the ideal scenario. But I just can't get over the fact that, like, logically, if this team didn't get Cade, let's say they had the 12th pick last year and they picked up whoever, you would have thought that the Pistons would get better this year because, hey, Grant's coming back. He didn't miss games. Sadiq should get better. And I think Sadiq did get better. I think Sadiq is like a real player and will be a real part of this team moving forward. Killian, you would think get be- would get better. He started to play a little better down the stretch. Stu, you would think takes another leap. Like the team from last year without Cade, I would expect at least to get better and improve. And then you add Cade Cunningham and they're still the worst team in the NBA. That's like... That that's kind of that's a little disappointing, right? Like you would expect this team to at least make a little progress in the standings. Not that the standings mean a ton because they were never going to make the playoffs and they were never going to win a playoff series and they were never going to win a championship or anything like that. Right. The goals were never that high. But just for like my sleep at night, just to feel good about where the team's going and who the core is, you would think worst team in the league, you get Cade. All the young guys go from rookies to sophomores. 
and you bring in Cade and you're still the worst team. Like that's kind of disappointing. That is kind of disappointing. Um, and the top five pick will be for the best, right? Or whoever, wherever they pick, it is for the best. And add another young guy now, add a Jabari Smith, add a Chet, add Apollo, add a Jordan Ivy or Jaden Ivy. For sure. Just a little disappointing. It's the only thing bothering me. Like I'm happy, I'm happy they got the pick, but it's the only thing kind of nagging at me. Like, I feel like when they got Cade this year, I expected them to not be the worst team in the NBA anymore. And they're still the worst team in the NBA. Like if they get this year, they get Jabari Smith or whoever, and they're the worst team in the NBA again next year, we got beef. We got fucking problems, if that's the case. I don't think it will be because I think Cade is going to be a menace next year. Um, I think Sadiq will get even better next year. Hopefully Killian gets a little better. Um, whoever they take, Jabari, hopefully, uh, Paolo, Chet, Ivy, whoever will instantly make the team better. If they sign a Miles Bridges or a Jalen Brunson or a DeAndre Ayton, obviously going to make the team better. I think the Pistons next year, similar to what I said about the Tigers, I think the Pistons next year, the competitive window begins. I think this year was kind of a write-off. This year was probably somewhat of a, A, let's get another high pick. B, let's just see what Cade's got. Let's just let Cade, no pressure this year. Like, we're not desperate to win any games. Let's let Cade come in, play this year, figure it out, get a feel for the NBA, figure out maybe what he needs to work on this offseason, right, where his game is weak as it translates to the league, and then come back in year two. He's got another top five pick by his side. All the cap space in the world for the Pistons this summer to hopefully make a move or two. And then in Cade, year two, now it's like, okay, now we have the pieces around Cade. Now you have a pick and roll threat with Jabari Smith. Now Miles Bridges can take some of the load off. Now Jalen Brunson can take some of the load off. Now you can lob it into DeAndre Aiden, whatever the case is. Now you have some help. Sadiq gets a little better. He's a threat on the wing. Killian gets a little better. Cade, if you want to play off ball, whatever the case is. Hopefully year two of Cade. The Pistons make the move similar to what the Tigers did this year to begin that competitive window, because I think it will be the same next year where I don't, it's not going to be like make the playoffs. This team should make the playoffs. This team should win a playoff series. No, I do. However, think next year for the Pistons will be, you should make it interesting. Like they should be close to a playoff spot. They should be competing for one damn near till the end of the season. Right. Like if Cade continues on the trajectory, we hope and we think he will. You you should be. You should be nearing the playoffs. Sadiq continues the trajectory. You add a free agent. You add Jabari Smith. You should be kind of hanging around a playoff spot. You should be. You should be. You have the most important position on the floor taken care of in point guard with Cade. You just added wings, hopefully with Miles. Probably not, though. Um, Sadiq is a bona fide wing though. You add maybe a big with one of the draft picks, like you should be hanging around the playoff spot. So I do think next year will be interesting. I hope they take Jabari Smith. I hope they take Jabari Smith. I know a lot of people want Paulo and he's a man child and he's huge. I get it. He's built like a brick shit house. I understand. I understand the allure with him. Um, give me the seven foot guy. Who's a guard. And Chet, you could say, same deal. Chet is like Jabari skinny. 
Chet is like wire. Chet's made out of fucking dental floss, bro. Like he he's probably going to be a great player. I'm sure seven foot one guy or whatever he is that can handle it and shoot it. Like, sure. He'll be fine. Makes me nervous that his body is made out of chicken wire. Makes me a little nervous. Don't love that. Cause there are guys like, Oh, I don't know. Anthony Davis exists. Um, even on our own team, Isaiah Stewart exists. He would stuff Chad Holmgren into four lockers if he had to. I want Jabari Smith. I want the guy that can step out and shoot threes. I want the freak length, the athleticism, the rim runner, the pick and roll threat, the defender, the rim protector. Give me Jabari Smith. Now I say all that, but I'll be happy with whoever they take. If the Pistons get a top four pick, give me Paolo, Jabari, Chet, or Ivy. We're cool, dude. We are fucking good. I'll take any of them. And then you got to make the free agent moves to complement that because you need a big and you need a wing. You need a big and you need a wing. You need a big and you need a wing. If Jaden Ivey's there, can you imagine that lineup? Imagine that. Killian Hayes, Cade Cunningham. Is is how big is Ivey? Ivey like 6'8". Killian Hayes, no, he's not that big. 6'6", six, six maybe? Killian Hayes, Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey. Oh, it's too small of a lineup. Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Sadiq Bay, Kelly, <laughs> Kelly Olenek. Ugh, 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 I don't like that. And then Isaiah Stewart or DeAndre Aiden or someone else, perhaps. Not, it's not great actually. That's not fucking great at all. Um, no, that's not great at all. I actually prefer Cade Cunningham. Sadiq Bay, Miles Bridges, Kelly, ugh, and then Jabari Smith or Isaiah and Jabari Smith. Give me like, that's a little interesting. You got some length. You got some defense. You got some dogs. That's a little interesting. So I'm excited to see what the Pistons do. It's fun. It's fun that this offseason like is going to be interesting for the first time in forever because yes, the pick, but now like there's a reason to go out and try and get a Miles Bridges. There's a reason to go out and get a Brunson, go out and get whoever. There is a reason. The competitive window will be opening for the Pistons next year. I do think, even though everyone loves shooting on Detroit, I, it drives me nuts how much people love making fun of Detroit. Just why? Detroit should be the exact opposite, dude. It's a legendary fucking city. Put some respect on Detroit. Anyways, I think people would want to come play in Detroit. I think NBA guys would like to come play for the Pistons. I think they would like to play for Weaver. I don't know so much about Dwayne Casey. I think guys will want to play with Cade Cunningham. I mean, you've heard Kevin Durant sung his praises. I can't remember if LeBron ever sung his praises, but I know KD's like a Cade Cunningham fan. They'll be able to get some guys. They're going to have the money to get some guys. The Pistons, like I mentioned before, like cool franchise. Kind of a legendary franchise. Detroit's a sweet city. People, you come to Detroit and people like Detroit. The only times people don't like Detroit is when they're sitting in their parents' bedroom fucking tweeting about it. You come to Detroit, people like Detroit. It's got a special feeling to it. You want to play Pistons basketball too on a good Pistons team with Cade Cunningham and Sadiq Bay? That's an enticing offer. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the Stones do this offseason. Hopefully something cool, right? Like hopefully they sign one of these free agents. Hopefully, I guess it'll be tough to fuck up this draft pick. I have faith in Troy Weaver, right? He seems to have gotten it right with Cade. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's for the first time in a long time. 
the Pistons are going to have a fun offseason for the first time in a long time. Like, even though they're the worst team in the NBA and they're going to have a top whatever pick, kind of cool being a Pistons fan. Cade Cunningham's fucking sweet, dude. There's a lot of teams out there that wish they had Cade, and we got him. We got a franchise player. We got a leader. We got another pick coming. Like, all things considered, Pistons over the last 14 years, they're sitting pretty fucking good right now. Excited to see what happens. All right. That's all I got today, folks. Appreciate everyone listening. Um, Like, comment, subscribe on YouTube, both at Detroit Sports Nation and The Second String. This is going to be up on YouTube, obviously Spotify, Apple, however you listen. Appreciate the support. Check out thesecondstring.com for the Tiger shirts. Um, What else we got? I don't know. Have a great week. Have a great week. Positive vibes only. Whatever it is you do, bring the juice, bring the energy, bring the fun to it. Life is short. Life is short. All right. That's all I got. Thanks, everyone.